this week's guest is the one and only Sassy Ray of Sassy Ray Burlesque. Sassy has been bringing burlesque revival to the masses for over 15 years now. We talk with Sassy about the importance of a live capacity crowd during a show. We discuss exactly what a burlesque show is and how it differs from a drag show or strip show. And we cover how Sassy got her start in burlesque and how this in turn led her to teaching burlesque as well. Also, Sassy is bringing her top shelf burlesque show to Sugar Run in downtown Kitchener this coming Saturday, February 19th. Doors open at 7 p.m., so get there early as this show always sells out. You can find Sassy online at sassyray.com, on Instagram at sassyrayburlesque, and as always, check the show notes for all the links. And we're back with another episode of the Industry Podcast. I'm Kip. This is Dan. What's going on with you, buddy? Uh, not much. Just enjoying another snowfall here in lovely January. Yeah, so this to be is expected. recording. We're recording this on January twenty fourth. Yeah, you mentioned that we're usually a few episodes ahead. So, so yeah, another big snowfall. My stepkid got a job doing snow removal. So Ooh, good times. Yeah, don't, we don't see too much of him anymore over the last few weeks. Uh, nice. So, what's new with you? How's lockdown? Uh, lockdown's almost over, man. It's almost over. As of by the time you're listening to this, uh, we'll have been back open for a couple weeks now i yeah, think right. so yeah uh half capacity but it's better than nothing at least they didn't fuck us with the hours this time we're don't, allowed to open until regular hours don't worry they will yeah, <laughs> they will. <laughs> yeah so that's exciting happy to be back at work when that happens yeah enough of this fucking lockdown it was a nice break we're dead in january anyway so yeah, yeah so we should mention that the and again just so i don't fail to mention my own fucking bars while we're doing this podcast i should be advertising that's uh, sugar run in downtown kitchener and babylon sisters in uptown waterloo yes and how do people find those on social media at babylon sisters bar at sugar run bar Perfect. so check them out that's how you can figure out what's going on our guest today is linked to at sugar run bar and you'll be hearing about that soon as she is going to be performing there on this coming saturday as you're listening to this february 19th which is actually your birthday. Yeah, I'm turning 29. I yeah, love that's that. great. Congratulations. Once yeah. again. Yeah. <laughs> 29, so 20 happy, years in a row. Happy birthday. Thanks. Uh, Thanks. In advance. And uh, maybe you should come out to see the Fly Melendez twins at the Sugar Run Bar. Ooh, out of that plan. <laughs> okay, so before we get to our guest, Sassy Ray of the amazing Sassy Ray Burlesque and Top Shelf Burlesque will be joining us in just a little bit. They will be performing again at Sugar Run this coming Saturday, the 19th of February. So you want to check that out. It's uh, $20 at the door. Perfect. Okay, so before we get to Sassy, we should mention that if you uh, like what we're doing here on the show, the easiest way to support us is simply to subscribe, rate, and review the show wherever you're listening to your podcast to the podcast that's apple spotify where else are we available pretty much everywhere. Uh, google podcasts iHeartRadio. radio actually hmm. is a new one added us to that that's cute yep uh don't know how that works amazon music <laughs> yeah okay great so, so any of those and the, the subscribe button's usually pretty easy to find so pound it fuck yeah yeah and if you want to leave a review great also if you'd like to be a guest on the show if you are in a service re- industry related job then you should uh, email us at info at the industry podcast dot club or you can DM us at the industry 
podcast on Instagram, and that's and we'll uh, we'll get you booked. Also, check out our archives. Lots of great shows that have happened recently. We're creeping up on our hundredth episode, which is Surprise. hard to believe. Fuck <laughs> Yeah, but we're gonna do it. Uh, so that's coming. What? A couple weeks. Yep. Okay. Stay tuned for that. We got something special planned for that. And finally, Zach Hanna, as always at zachanna.co for all your graphic arts needs. He does all the amazing work for us on our Instagram page. Yep, links to that in the show notes as always. Okay, so enough about us. Let's talk about our guest. Here is Sassy Ray of uh, Top Shelf Burlesque. How are you, Sassy? Oh, we can't hear you. I think you might be muted. Uh Uh-oh. Oh, there you go. Now we got you. You got it? Yeah, we got you. Okay. You know, I'm a millennial, but I'm also an idiot. (laughs) In my experience, most of you are. (laughs) You know, I like to like, I can do technology. I grew up in the internet, like Zoom, (laughs) plug it in. Does it turn on? Can you hear me? Well, here I am. And thank you so much for having me. Yeah, don't worry about it. I have a fucking Zoom meeting coming up this next week, and I cannot figure out how to send the invite. I actually got to talk to you about that later. Um, (laughs) I can't figure it out. Uh, So uh, millennial, older than millennial, we're all dumb. (laughs) We're all a bunch of idiots, and I like it like that. (laughs) Well, thanks for doing the show. It's good to see you. I feel like I haven't seen you in forever because of the lockdown, but we will see you this coming Saturday night doing your thing. Yes, doing our thing. It's been a crazy time. It's been Mm. it's it's been a it's been an interesting two years. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, talk a little bit about that, about like how the pandemic's affected you, because I know you were obviously doing a monthly show at Sugar Run uh, and sure other and other shows as well. So for you, who's like in more in the performance side of the industry, how did how did you find that the all these like lockdowns affected you like open, close, open, close? Like it's hard. It must be hard to sort of build a momentum for your shows. Yeah, it's impossible. You can't. (laughs) Um, Not only is it in some ways, like, depending on what's happening in the world, it feels a little irresponsible. But then at the same time, you know, we're kind of in this, this catch- I almost said catch 182, but that's blink 182. <laughs> Millennial, idiot. We're circling back, right? Circle back. But you have a government who's telling you, you know, it's okay to put on performances if you follow ABC and XYZ, but then you're dealing with backlash of people who think you shouldn't be doing that. And, right. you know, for me, I uh, exist in burlesque land, which is a fringe art uh, at best. You know, we're not, we're not like touring rock bands or things like that, where it's, it's very niche. You kind of have to find your groove. And also a lot of the people who work in that industry, like that was their full-time thing. And to go from, you know, being in the, in the gig industry and having like drag queens and burlesque dancers and DJs and all of these people who, there's nothing. There's no support. And like you said, it isn't like we all worked at an office and we got sent home for two years and now we have to come back to our desks and everything's there. When you lose momentum, yeah. it's gone, yeah. you know? So it's been, it's been a trying time, <laughs> but right. you know, you just have to, you have to do it where you can do it. And 
we can do it. So we're going to do it. So we're going to do it. Yeah. Well, I like I, we saw that firsthand because, as, as I mentioned earlier, you were doing a monthly show and it had gotten yep. so huge for us yep. that like we were turning people away at the door yep. and like but it was a build. Right. Like before, yeah, like it took a, sure. a few months to get to the point where we were. And it seemed like just when we got to the point where yeah. you guys were selling out every single oh, yeah. show, then all of a sudden, boom, it got cut. And mm-hmm. then we were at half capacity or like whatever. And, and mm-hmm. like, you know, then the last one that you did was right before this most recent lockdown and just like people were scared shitless that nobody came out. Yeah. So. They and were it, terrified. Yeah. So how is it like, this is something interesting that I, I, I thought about that night actually was that yeah. like for a band, like you're, say you're a, uh, a band that plays bars and you, you haven't made a big yet. Like, you're used to playing in front of sort of empty crowds and you just kind of have to do your thing and get through it. How is that with burlesque? Because it's such a, it's your performance is so audience oriented. Yeah. So how, like, how do you get through one where it's just like, fuck, like 10 people showed up? Yeah. So it's funny before I found burlesque, I was a musician. I still am a musician. I'm, I sing and I play lots of instruments, but, uh, back in the olden, olden, olden days, early two (laughs) thousands, uh, that was what I was doing. I was before the apocalypse. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in the before times, in the long, long ago. Yeah. Um, that was my my thing. And to be honest with you, you know, and I was like decent, but that's not really a crowd puller. And what really attracted me to burlesque is the spectacle. Mm-hmm. And when I would do those gigs as a, you know, late teen, early 20s, that's really why I stopped doing it because nobody gave a shit about me. I'm like in the background singing Jewel, like, and, and nobody's <laughs> listening. Nobody gives a shit. And like, yeah. this next song is a song that I wrote about my ex boyfriend. Like, no one yeah. fucking cares. <laughs> so yeah. I lost, I fell out of love with that very quickly for exactly that reason with burlesque. You know, it if you can, and like you said, we we got the momentum at Sugar Run where people were like, mm. "Oh, this is cool." Yeah. Like, I maybe had an idea that this is going to be like Cher and Christina Aguilera style, you know, right. chorus line, but it's 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 very different. It's a very interesting and entertaining uh, style of performance, if I do say so yeah. myself. So when you have a show <laughs> where you have, you know, booked all these people and they're shooting themselves out of cannons and people are sitting on cakes and, you know, we're singing songs and there's 10 people there. It's, yeah. it sucks. It yeah. really, really sucks. Yeah. But, you know, it, it, and, and in the, in the before times, you know, mm. when that would happen, you could chalk it up to like, well, I didn't do a very good job promoting or maybe there's another event going on in town and people, or like maybe we're not very good and people don't want to see us, that kind of thing. So it's a similar feeling. Like the last show that we did before the apocalypse was March 5th in 2020. Right. And it was probably one of the best shows I've ever done. We were so full in sugar and that people were sitting on the stairs like yeah. there was there people were just slam packed in there and it was amazing it was so great and then i think like 12 days later <laughs> yeah. like, well, yeah. i hope you enjoyed your lives because they're over now. <laughs> i know um, yeah. but when when the crowd is thinner because of those reasons it does take the sting out a little bit because the people who are there are there to fucking party like yeah 
They're there to drink. They're there to see butts and boobs and to do some LOLs. And they're going to tip you. They're very loud and appreciative. So it's definitely still sucks. But the people who make up the smaller crowds now, they have nothing else to do. I think too. <laughs> so when they get out there, it's, it might as well be 50 people, but... It's not. Well, and I think that like coming back from the end of all this nonsense and hopefully we're getting there, people are going to be more starved to see live performances again. I definitely have noticed Mm -hmm. since the apocalypse, live performances are what people are really craving more than anything rather than just before. I could just open the doors and people people would come because the bar was cool. And now it's Mm -hmm. like I kind of have to have a reason to bring people there. And burlesque has always been our best night. Let's talk a little bit about for people who don't know if if that's possible. Like mm-hmm. what? Like what's the what is a burlesque show? What's the difference between say a burlesque show and a drag show or a strip bat show or what? Like describe what yeah. you do. Sure. So I like to describe like erotic dancing and burlesque and drag as like cousins. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're yeah. all related. They're all a little bit different. Um, the the major difference between going to a strip club. And going to a burlesque show, number one is the level of nudity. Um, Burlesque dancers keep a G-string and pasties on kind of as a rule. Whereas when you go to a place like Roxanne's or or a strip club, it's it's erotic. Right. The, the purpose of that is, uh, you know, for a very particular vibe, which, you know, I love. That's a, a fantastic thing. Just a totally different beast. Mm-hmm. Burlesque, which is very similar to, to drag and can encompass drag as well, is a little more theatrical, can be. I kind of describe it to people who have never seen it before. Is like, you know, it is stripping. There is nudity uh not as much as you'd see in a strip club but it's much um more in my opinion anyways lighthearted. Mm-hmm. oftentimes it's very funny mm-hmm. um comedy and music and you know it's really almost if you think of like the the old-timey variety shows where they'd have like the uso shows and Marilyn would come out and do a dance and a girl would come out and wave her fans around and you'd have a comedian come out you know it's kind of harks back to to that era so Mm -hmm. i I find people who go into it thinking like i said before it's going to be christina aguilera costume can can dancers and then they're they see you know a girl like we have ruby moon who does a lot of the shows of sugar and she'll do a number where she's a ballerina and it's so beautiful and gorgeous and then the next number she comes out and she's obi-wan kenobi from star wars yeah yeah no so it's it's just a little uh it, it's entertaining on a couple more fronts, I think. Than, it's almost vaudevillian in a way where there's yeah. like, yeah. So because mm-hmm. there, it is it is more than just like uh, people taking off their clothes. It's a show like yep. you're singing and like yep. you're obviously an amazing voice. And um, and you have written these sort of comedic songs that go with your act <laughs> as well that are hilarious. And, mm-hmm. and then you have you do you have like. People coming out in like specific costumes that are hilarious and mm-hmm. and yeah, it's it's definitely more of a show than just like I think what people like are worried that burlesque is going to be. Yeah, I think that you know there 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 has been like there always is you know people who get into burlesque or like burlesque and they really want to separate it from club dancing or club erotic dancing as you know oh it's classier burlesque is so much you know and that's. 
we don't need to like shit on strippers because no. burlesque is different. I it think that that's illegal now. Class. I don't think you're allowed yeah. to shit on strippers. No, I don't think you're allowed to. It's not that kind of show. <laughs> no, that's not. That's for the VIP room. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, but yeah. but having this this divide between you know oh well burlesque is you know it's 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 somehow morally superior. I mean, it's just it's not the same thing. It's no. it's different. It's just completely exactly different. Exactly that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I yeah. think people are usually, hopefully, if they're going to my shows anyways, uh, they're surprised at how funny and mm-hmm. how much of a show it is beyond just watching people stripping. Right. Which I yeah. love. No, the show's hilarious. And it's like, and I, I think like with you hosting it, it's like it moves so well because there is there's singing, there's like comedy, and then there's the, the act of like, you know, dancing and taking your clothes off as well. So it yeah. moves and flows very well, much like, like what you mentioned, like a USO show. So I'm glad that you brought that up as a comparison. How did you start doing this? So I was always a theater kid my whole life. I was always singing and dancing. Shocking, shocking. Yeah, I never would have guessed. Right? <laughs> I have someone ask me today, like, what are you going to talk about in your podcast? I'm like, Um, but you know that was always uh, a big part of my life growing up was performing and then unless you're in college to you know do creative movement or some shit you kind of age out of that like once you're not involved in stuff at school and you're not doing stuff in dance class anymore you kind of, you know, you go to the club on the weekend and maybe dance there. And so I had a period in my life where that was kind of had gone away for me. So I used to spend a lot of time at a now RIP and peace, uh, deceased club called club Renaissance, Oh yes. uh, which was well. on Charles street in downtown Kitchener, the only gay bar in a wide, wide radius from here for many, many, many years. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm a queer person myself, so I spent a lot of my time there. And a lot of my friends were drag queens and are drag queens. And when I was a child as well, I was obsessed with Priscilla Queen of the Desert. You know, I'd always kind of been exposed to this world. And I would dance, backup dance or go-go dance for the queens in their pageants and things like that. And I was doing that one night at a pageant, Miss Club Ren, 2006, my friend won. <laughs> out there just like feeling my full fantasy like you could not tell me i was not Britney spears like i'm just you know in in my element doing my thing and uh this girl came up to me and she like tapped me on the shoulder and she said have you ever considered doing burlesque and i was like i didn't know that is girl like (laughs) and this was before youtube as well so i had no idea um, and so there were some people locally who were who wanted to kind of try and put this group together. I I had never heard of it, and I looked it up, and I thought like, oh fuck, like I'm in trouble because it's all the things I love. It's acting, it's dancing, it's being sexy, it's stripping, it's makeup, it's hair, it's developing a character. And through the years that I've done it, I've almost like tunneled too deep into the character. <laughs> People write me checks that say Sassy Ray, like she's a real girl, which is really oh, sweet. Is that right? She, has a, she doesn't have a checking account. That's very right. nice. I'm going to try, try that. That sounds like it will work for me. Yeah, it's fantastic. Um, so yeah, it just kind of, I, I kind of slowly started in that way. And then really around, I'd say 2010, which is a really long time ago now, I really started sinking my teeth into it. I started working in Toronto. I started hosting big events out in Toronto and 
just kind of took off from there. I started teaching and it just snowballed and never stopped. Right. So you, I, I'm glad you brought that up because I want to talk a little bit about the teaching. What uh, sort of drove you to get into the sort of instructional side of it? And also, like, how does that work? Do people like, mm-hmm. are, like do you advertise a school or do you tap people on the shoulder when they're go-go dancing? Or <laughs> how, does it, how does it work? <laughs> so it it originated really from every time I would do a show people, mostly women would come up to me afterwards and say like, Oh, I would love to do this. Like, do you, do you know where I could learn how to do this? And at first I'd be like, I don't know. Like, (laughs) I don't know. Like I've just always done this and I've just like kind of found a new place to do it. So I'm not really sure if I can help you, but it, it started there. And I thought like, you know, I have a dance background. I'm a very bossy person. Like I'm sure I could probably (laughs) teach people how to do it. Yeah. And in 2009, I taught. So I'd, I'd only been doing it for maybe like a year and a half. And I was oh, like, wow. yeah, I can teach you. Sure. sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, you know, going back to stupid uh, COVID-19, I haven't taught since March of 2020. Right. It's crazy for me. That's the, pretty much the, the longest break I've had maybe since I started teaching. But I've done it a few ways. Like for a while, it was just me. I was just renting space. Any place that had a mirror, I'd rent it. And I would teach people in my class a choreography. And then we would perform it in a little student show kind of thing. And then it grew from there. And so right before everything uh, exploded, I was teaching quite a bit at a place called Brass Butterflies in Waterloo. So I get I get people at shows. I get people kind of through my social media. And then... And then... You always have the odd dude who tries to front it like, oh, I'm really interested in the art of burlesque. That sounds really cool. Can you give me more information? And then I do give them more information. And they're like, so would this be a place where, like, if I wore, like, my stockings and heels, would I be accepted? I'm like, uh, yeah, 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 for sure. <laughs> then you slowly realize, like, oh, this is a foot fetish thing. Okay. <laughs> You're trying to get me to the point where I'm like, listen, you little worm. Like, no, you got to pay for that. You can't it- trick me into dominating. You. <laughs> oh, trust me, I tried mm-hmm. a bunch of times. Yeah. I got this really cute outfit. If only yeah. someone could see me in it and tell me if it looks good. Like, you uh, know what, Trevor? Yeah, we know yeah. what you're up to, okay? <laughs> only fans. There's lots of categories just for you, babe. That's, your right. That's right. <laughs> uh, so if you're coming to a, an instructional course, like what is it that you're teaching them about burlesque? Is it mostly choreography or is it like trying to get them to develop a character? How does that work? So it's kind of everything, exactly what you described. It really depends. Sometimes sounds like I could teach it. I I should just teach it. Here we go. (laughs) Kips burlesque one on one. I already got it. Yeah, I probably can do this. Yeah. Hey, hey, that's how you started. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, I can probably do it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, What was the question? (laughs) (laughs) Like, what are you specifically teaching? What am I teaching them? Yeah. Yeah. So sometimes I'll run classes where. There's no performance goal. It's strictly just kind of a fitness thing and for fun. Other classes I run are specifically for people who would like to become burlesque dancers. Mm -hmm. So I have had quite a few of my students then go on to be working dancers, which is very cool. My little children out in the world, my little rayettes. Um, (laughs) So, you know choreography yes i kind of teach a little bit about the history of burlesque i dive right into what we already talked about this is not a place to like 
think that you're better than people who work in a strip club. It's all connected. If we really want to get into it, if this was the fifties, the burlesque hall w- was the strip club. Like right. Those were strippers. They weren't there looking glamorous and beautiful because they were morally superior to strippers of the right. future. Yeah, yeah. They were doing that because at the time, the laws that were written about women's bodies and what they could and could not show were so insane that you could be put in jail for doing what they would call beaver shots. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, you know, on and on back at, back in those days, you'd be up dancing on a stage and they would have a light in the orchestra pit that you could see from the stage that would turn on if there were police there. You couldn't show certain things. You so crazy that butt cracks, no butt cracks. You could wear sheer panties but the panties had to cover your butt and you had to have a row of sequins or diamonds down your crack crack. because apparently, you know, the crack is what makes people. I feel like that's just going to bring more attention to it. Right. Please don't (laughs) look at this limestone crevasse. It is so stupid. Um, But you know, we, we, we do, we do all that stuff, but I hope really, unless, you know, people, if they want to do burlesque or if they never want to dance ever again, really my aim is just to, try to break people out of feeling so shitty about themselves. A lot of the time women, and sometimes um, different genders too, but the majority of the people I've taught have been women, they come in and they're trying to connect to something that makes them feel good about their bodies. And I think that's what a lot of people relate to with burlesque, why it's kind of important in modern day, because it, isn't restricted by body type or age or or anything. So when you're going and you're seeing a show and you're seeing people who look like you, Mm -hmm. not just your same hair color, but like they have a back roll like I do, or their butt is huge like mine is, and they're the star. You know, they're, they're not the punchline. They're not like the fat friend in the musical who anybody who isn't five foot eight and 120 pounds gets cast as, you know, they're the fucking star of the show. And to see that narrative switched and to see people go like, wait a minute, maybe I'm not a goblin. Maybe I'm not a disgusting toad that nobody, you know, that's what you think about yourself. Mm -hmm. Nobody else thinks that. Honestly, no one gives a shit. So it's mostly an exercise in like not being so judgmental of other people, which in turn makes you less judgmental of yourself. And then you enjoy your life more. Yeah. Very liberating. Right. Like it's, I like the idea of like the whole burlesque, like performing burlesque as being sort of a liberating experience for someone who maybe thought that their body type is, is not up to the standards of a live performance or whatever. Mm -hmm. Right. Because Mm -hmm. forever we've been taught that it's a certain look. Yep. Yeah. yeah, it's a certain look, it's a certain, you know, age, it's a certain weight, it's a certain race, it's all of these things that you've kind of been force-fed, these conventionally attractive ideas. And, you know, do you see conventionally attractive people in burlesque too? Yes, you do. But it's more of a comment to, we're not excluding people because they don't tick these boxes. You'll get excluded if you're not talented, but that's about it, (laughs) you know, which is so cool. It's very cool, especially for people like myself who grew up dancing. And I mean, I knew when I was 12, I already had like double D tits. I'm not going to be a fucking ballerina. I know that, that. Uh, but, you know, to be told really cruelly in a lot of ways when you're growing up and a kid, like you'll never have a future doing anything you love because you're whatever the, the, you know, the box you don't happen to fill is just... So bullshit. I think mm. mainstream media is is veering that way now too, which is cool. But 
you know, taking another, some time. it's another place to, yeah. to feel, to feel, to feel fancy. The other box that doesn't always get checked with sort of even in the burlesque field that I've noticed a little bit more so recently, at least in your performances, is male. Like there are a lot more men doing it than there used to be or there ever were. Because it was when, when burlesque first started, and obviously you know more about the history than I do, but it was perceived as more as a, a female performance. Yeah, I mean, burlesque you know, going back to its roots and the roots go all the way back to fucking Mesopotamia, probably belly dance, you know, all of these erotic ways that we've developed these dance styles from, but certainly burlesque as a lot of people kind of see it or have categorized it, I guess you could say where they, they look at it as strictly, you know, old timey, fancy stripper lady dancing, yeah, yeah. Kind of thing, <laughs> which it can be. And, yeah. and, you know, that's the kind of burlesque that I personally usually perform. We call that classic burlesque or American style burlesque, but neo burlesque, which is the resurgence, you know, we had the burlesque houses and then the rules changed, And then all of a sudden the strippers didn't have to cover their butt cracks with sequins anymore. Mm. And they could show their nipples and we had poles and all of the sport and athleticism that's come from pole dancing and things. It's all, it's all connected, but you're right back, back in those times, men would be involved as hosts and, mm. you know, other n- more nefarious uh, <laughs> participation right. in that, but not, They were not stripping. They certainly Mm. were not dancing. So kind of when, you know, in the in the late 90s, early 2000s, when this neo burlesque kind of resurrection of burlesque, we kind of call it, started happening in the States and New York City and stuff, men, all genders kind of, you know, picked it up as not not just a striptease, but it's an art form. It's Mm. commentary. It's satire. I did a show in December in Port Dover. And one of my performers is a a man. His name is Dr. Orifice. And uh, (laughs) he does mostly nerdy numbers, which is nerdlesque is his whole beast. People do Simpsons themed shows and Garters of the Galaxy is one that comes to mind where you have all of these people doing all this themed stuff. But he did a number where he was Ned Flanders from the episode where they're skiing and Homer's trying to remember what the instructor said, but he can't because he keeps seeing stupid, sexy Flanders going, it feels like I'm wearing nothing at all. Nothing at all. Nothing at all. So Dr. Orvis has a whole number where he comes out as Ned with a big foam butt. And, it, you know, it's, it's, it's so funny. And I love showcasing everybody, everybody who's good. I've had men. I've had uh, trans people. I've had non-binary performers. Because they're talented and they're interesting and they're entertaining, you know, more than anything. At the end of the day, if you're talented and you and you're interested in doing it, then that's good enough to make the show. No matter that's all the prerequisites. As far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I and I also will say as somebody who does teach and works with beginners a lot. I absolutely think that it's cool and great to have live performance spaces for people who are just starting because you'll always be shit if you never get to do it anywhere. You know, you have to have opportunities. But my performances and my productions where I'm charging the public money (laughs) to come and see it, you know, unless it's billed as like, Hey, this is like a, anything goes beginner student recital, you know, pay what you can at the door and you'll see what you see kind of thing. 
it's really important to me that anybody who comes to see one of my shows does not leave feeling embarrassed for what they saw. Right. So that's uh, mostly my, uh, my casting requisite. brought that up because I think the first time I saw a burlesque show, and there are certainly many of these going on still now, it's almost like what I like to call like almost like burlesque karaoke where it's mm-hmm. kind of like anybody they just like oh if you want to try it just get up on stage and do it and there's nothing wrong with that obviously but yeah. it, like let's make the distinction that that's very different than what you're doing when you put yes. on a performance right yeah like, it's like amateur versus professional yeah and and like i said like there's a place for amateur stuff there's a mm-hmm. you know i don't i don't think you you have to be perfect to be on a stage but like you mentioned you know I want to know that walking in the door, then I can decide if I want to pay $35, which includes a meal to see something that makes me wince and go like, what's happening, you know? And I also don't think that inexperienced needs to lead to secondhand embarrassment. There are ways to, you know, like I mentioned before, like let's present this as open mic style burlesque this is very specifically something where this is an anything goes everyone's welcome it's very supportive i think that's fantastic i don't like being tricked into watching a show like that if that's not what i'm interested in seeing and that happens and you know i like to say to everybody all the time there's no burlesque police anybody can do a fucking burlesque show if they want to but when i do my shows and i go and I talk to the people at the tables and they say like I saw a burlesque show like two months ago and like it was nothing like this I say like well thank you for giving it another shot because I not blame you yeah. <laughs> you thought like well that was weird no thanks right you know and uh, so let's talk a little bit about uh, as you were mentioning earlier sort of the resurgence of burlesque and like neo burlesque or whatever you're hmm. calling it how has it been as far as venues like are, are there lots of are there lots of spaces available for you to perform in, or is that a bit of a grind and a hustle to try and find places to perform? It's very difficult locally. You know, I started out doing stuff at the uh, which the, the now again all these places are gone. The Rum Runner, which was in the basement of the right. Walper Terrace, mm-hmm. and you know there were a bar that was just kind of there because the hotel was there and. They were open if people trickled down and had a beer. Cool. If not, and then we would start to do our shows in there and they got a little bit busier and you kind of build some momentum. But Kitchener Waterloo in general, we don't have a lot of places with raised stages or stages at all, really, unless you want to pay a huge rental fee and then they're not liquor licensed. So coming from a place like Toronto, where I really, you know, cut my teeth, I would say, in Toronto, learning the ropes of how to produce and shit there. There were, you know, tons and tons and tons of places that had raised stages or at least a stage at all. And also, too, Kitchener-Waterloo, I think we were getting a little looser as time goes on, but 10 or 15 years ago, like, still pretty conservative German Mennonite place to live. Uh, Not a lot of people who are super open to the idea of, like, essentially bringing strippers into your little family diner. So I understand that angle as well. I've definitely worked in some places where I remember once I I did a show, and it always happens this way when you're doing it with a band. So that used to be a thing I do a lot. 
rockabilly bands would be playing and they would want to have some girls dancing. Oh, like yeah. intermission or whatever. So we'd be like, yeah, sure. It's okay. And like, this was 2009. So we're like, yeah, I'll do it for 50 bucks. Sure. Right. <laughs> <You> know, <we're, laughs> yeah. We just wanted to do it back then. Right. So we go <laughs> to this place in Burlington. I don't even remember the name of it. It was in like a, a strip mall. A little like English pub, like yeah, whatever. I've had some like pretty crazy times in unassuming looking places. But we get in there, it's like a Saturday or a Sunday night, rather. And like people are there eating their Sunday dinner. The leaf <laughs> game is on the TV. <laughs> and we're standing around, like, are, are you sure this is cool? And they're like, yeah, oh yeah, no, no, yeah, no. It's like, okay, cool. So we're like, you know, just just waiting around. There's nowhere to change. Like, can you get can you guys just use like the men's uh handicap stall is that cool no one ever uses yeah. that like <laughs> no <laughs> so we're there in our little outfits and these guys have not told anyone like they knew a, a band was coming did not tell them girls with their tits out we're gonna be in their fucking family diner uh-huh. so we're standing there like okay well if you say it's cool and cool and like and this is also back in the time where we would use cds like burnt cds because oh, it was right. 2009 yeah yeah so we have our little shitty cds and we're like do you guys have like a sound system or is there like a <laughs> dj and they're like oh we got a dvd player that plays cds you want to pop in there and see if oh my fucking god standing there and the poor guy is like, it's a DVD player. You can't see the tracks. It thinks it's playing a movie. So he's like fast forwarding it and playing it, playing a second. No, next song. Next one. No, that's not it. Next one. Like, oh yeah, that's my song. But you don't say it fast enough. So he hits skip again. So we just have to keep going. <laughs> Seamless. Uh, yeah, not, not ideal. Um, but the first time that I came to Sugar Run, I just walked in there. One of my students was like, hey, there's this cool bar that you need like a password to get into and they don't tell you where it is. Like, I'm like a theater fruitcake. So I'm like, (gasps) (laughs) oh my God, we go there. And like the guy who was working the door last night, it was a performance, darling. Like (laughs) he's looking around like, who is it? I'm like, um, I came in your bars. Like, who sent you here? Oh, like, <laughs> like Universal Studios immersive experience. It's fantastic. Yeah. But walking down into that, you know, not only the vibe is retro and very cool and it has this aura around it, but your fucking sunken middle part. I'm like, oh my God, we need to do burlesque in here. People would right. be able to see us. <laughs> yeah. And that's you know, when you approached me and it, it turned out to, yeah. I was like, sure, what the fuck? We'll give it a shot. Like yeah. I didn't really know. Like I was like, whatever, we'll see. Well, I was willing to, I'm usually pretty eager to try anything. And if it works great, yeah. if not, then we just move on. But it's become our best night and it's, yeah. it's been amazing ever since. The only, the one thing I wanted to talk to you a little bit before we let you go is like what goes into the production of the show? Cause it's like, like yours, yours is a very well, pristinely produced show for anyone who hasn't seen it before. And if you haven't seen it before, (laughs) once again, this Saturday night at uh, Sugar Run, you should come down. Um, But uh, let's talk talk about the work that goes into that with like, you you obviously have tons of costume changes and your show is never, you come once a month and it's never the same. So talk to me about the work that goes into that. So it's, I want to say it's not a lot of work, but it is. It's the culmination of my career, right? right? I have so many numbers, so many songs that I perform all the time, and I have for a long ass time now that I am at the point where 
we can do a show every month and like, you know, maybe I'll sing the same song every once in a while. But I always think like, no one's going to remember every single song I sang two months ago. And to be fair, like, I think, I think while we do get a lot of repeat people, there's always new people. Right. And anyway, people like the hits anyway. Yeah. And they love me to hear (laughs) me sing sassy sings and hits. Um, (laughs) So, you know, from my end, I don't really want to, talk it down like it's not a ton of work it's manageable for me but i host it so i'm doing stand-up i'm talking on the microphone i'm singing i usually dance at least once and then in the in between all that stuff that i'm doing i like to try and book three people so i've got six numbers that aren't me and six numbers that are me (laughs) kind of rounds it out but you know it's a lot of planning like especially with covid and stuff you know, for a while when I was really trying to limit who I was working with to kind of the same group of people, I didn't really feel great about having people drive into my city from two towns away when that was going on. And at the same time as well, you know, sometimes I have a sound person. Sometimes I do not have a sound person. So I'm, I'm just a resourceful gal, Kip. If, uh, (laughs) if there's a problem, y'all all solve it. I'm not going to not do a show because somebody doesn't show up. So I, I had that happen. Usually I, and I need sound person. I mean, someone's pushing pause and play. Like it's not a, a huge thing, but it needs to be done. Right. And the person who was doing it for me couldn't make it. So I devised a way where in between all of my songs, I had five minutes of silence, like as an MP3. <laughs> so yeah. I could just keep talking shit on the microphone. And then as I'm talking, I walk back around and I can hit play again. So for me, you know, I, I put it together and I roll it how it rolls. I love to do stand up. I love, like you mentioned, it's very difficult to be funny when there's nobody in the room, mm-hmm. when you're like making jokes with yourself, or you're also making jokes with your castmates who have word for word heard you say these jokes before <laughs> so right. you're like mm-hmm, funny but you know it's uh it's a it's it's fun i do it because i i enjoy it a lot um but yeah you know there's you have to be thoughtful as well you know like coming to a place like sugar run i know we can really kind of do whatever we want people who come to that bar they're up for a good time they're certain places that I go or maybe there are certain acts that I wouldn't do or there's certain songs with certain words in them that, you know, I'm not going to sing Wet Ass Pussy if I go to, like, Fort Erie. <laughs> 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 you know, people yeah. at a sit-down dinner who are expecting, like, Frank Sinatra and Marilyn yeah. Monroe. I'm not going to hit them with songs about dicks and butts right. and stuff. Well, subtly it's they subtly. don't know but they don't you, know that's what it's about you've been doing it long enough now that you have built up enough of a repertoire with your songs and your costumes and whatever that you kind of have yeah. the show for whatever venue it's going to be yeah which is a really cool place to be uh over the christmas break i tried very desperately to pare down my closet i have so much shit i just uh-huh. can't do it i can't don't i need storage it. i can't i can't throw it away because what if I do do a show in four months and I need to have a cowgirl outfit? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> no. If I've thrown it away, I've ruined everything. <laughs> when you first started, before you had put together this repertoire of songs and costumes and what have you, were there any mm-hmm. moments where you were like, oh, fuck, I've got the wrong act for the venue I'm playing right now? Outside of the one you already mentioned, but like, the, was there a time where you are just like, fuck, maybe they don't want 
wet ass pussy in a cowgirl costume right now. <laughs> but that's yeah. what I but that's what I got to perform. This is what I got. Yeah. yeah. A few times there have been and they're usually they're usually private events. So there are right. people who have contacted me and like, oh my husband's turning 60 and blah blah blah. <laughs> or I've done stuff at like wedding receptions where yeah. I say to them very specifically like I'll send you a YouTube link of right. what you are booking. And if you want it, I mean, you're going to pay me if the check clears. I'm going to show up and do it. Yeah. But yeah. it's usually those moments where they're, they've either like, they've overestimated the tolerance of their audience <laughs> or who they're booking the people <laughs> oh, for. Yeah. They're like, oh, I really thought they'd be into this. And they're not. Or, yeah. you know, I, I, can, I can remember once years ago now, 20. 12 maybe i did corporate gig in toronto and i got paid very well to do this i went in with two rehearsals they had a live band it was incredible like one of the bougiest uh, productions i've been involved in they hired us to do this for yeah. that company and we're there and as i'm singing i'm singing a song about dicks and <laughs> I've rehearsed it with this live band and I can just, I can see the people like, mm, like they're, Oh, like they're not, they're not yeah. into it. And I, at that time was doing a lot of stuff where I would, I would sing and then I would strip like, in the same <laughs> yeah. number. So I'm like, penis. <laughs> and then, and then, I'm just like, oh my God, I'm going to get like, these people are going to like throw their food at me or something. Yeah. It's funny to mention that though, because Dan and I have both done, we both used to DJ and we both DJed weddings and have, we both had this situation where people are like, no, this is what they want to hear. Meaning yeah. that that's what the wedding couple wanted to yes. hear. But then you <laughs> get right. there and fucking great uncle Ralph is not as pleased with like no. the house music. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Garbage yeah. What yeah. you hired me to do. That right. Garbage? But great. that's the thing. Everybody <laughs> thinks, oh, just because I like it, all my friends and family are yeah. going to like it too. Right. Yeah. yeah. I think that's happened before too where the person who booked me they love burlesque and they have this great idea that their friends are like as cool as they are yeah exactly turns they're out not. No, their friends are not cool your friends they're are not fucking cool <laughs> huge dicks and your like, family yeah. are definitely not cool and your co-workers no, even less so. all of them also <laughs> not cool like i was hired to walk around and ask people if they want to take their picture with me i'm wearing a costume for this purpose cheryl yeah. i'm not trying to steal your husband he's gross <laughs> no one's trying to steal them like oh my god like we're fine here thanks okay. <laughs> great okay. have, have a good night brenda jesus christ uh, amazing can i take a class you seem like you have maybe like some self-esteem issues i can help you with that <laughs> that's, what, that's how you do it just start handing out yeah. cards yeah um, abc always be oh. closing <laughs> Amazing. Okay. Well, once again, Sassy Ray and the Top Shelf Burlesque crew will be at Sugar Run this Saturday, February 19th. So you should come and check it out. Sassy, tell us all about your social media shit so uh, people can follow you. Yeah, you can follow me on Instagram at Sassy Ray Burlesque. And I think I have a Facebook page, too, for people who still do that. Sassy Ray Burlesque also. Yeah. That's all I got. I got to get on TikTok. I think I'd be great on TikTok. You would be great. Yet. I don't know what TikTok One is, day. but it sounds like you'd be good at it. Yeah, get on the tactics. Yeah. <laughs> well, Sassy, thanks again for doing this. I love you, buddy. And we'll see Bye. you this weekend. See yeah. you soon. Thanks for having okay. me. Thanks. Bye. Bye.